Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Mr. Beacon podcast. This week, we have an interview with Mitch Klein, who is the executive director of the Z-Wave Alliance. He also works for Silicon Labs, one of the leading providers of chips uh, in IoT devices. So I don't know about you, but I listen to try and keep up with all of what is happening with uh, these IoT protocols that are not the Bluetooth home territory that we normally operate in. Um, they're Matter, Zigbee, Thread, Z-Wave. So who of us can give a clear definition of which ones to use when and where and uh, uh, what, the, what the best fit is. Well, Mitch can do that. And so that's really what we focus on. And we also get the lowdown on uh, Silicon Labs at the end and hear a bit about his musical taste for those of you who are interested in the person behind the industry happenings. Uh, so just before we go into the interview, I wanted to let you know that we've been thinking about how to uh, spice up the Mr. Beacon uh, Ambient IoT podcast and make it more useful. And we're contemplating the idea of adding a news section with a colleague of mine at Williot, Brett Small, who's a veteran of IoT and location and serialization and all of the technologies that uh, roll up into this Ambient IoT thing that we are constantly striving to understand and capitalize on. So let me know what you think about that. You can um, uh, ping us on any of the platforms that uh, um, you uh, consume or go to the Mr. Beacon website or go to the Willyot website. But uh, it's a thought and I think we're going to try it out, see how that goes. If it's useful, we'll continue doing it. So that's enough uh, inside baseball. Let's get on to my interview with Mitch Klein. The Mr. Beacon Ambient IoT podcast is sponsored by Williot, bringing intelligence to every single thing. Mitch, welcome to the Mr. Beacon podcast. Uh, thank you. Thanks for inviting me, Steve. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm. There's a. A lot to cover in a fairly short period of time, but I would, you lead the Z-Wave Alliance. So I want to talk to you about what is Z-Wave. Really interested in the alliance because we're working on this uh, ambient IoT uh, alliance. And so uh, I'm sort of picking the brains of people on best practice yeah. with, uh, with that. Um, 
and also Silicon Labs. Uh, you're you're more than Z-Wave. You're obviously a lot. So uh, love to cover yeah. that as well. Um, and there's a few other things I'd love to get to, but I have a feeling we won't have time. So mm-hmm. let's just start with Z-Wave. What is Z-Wave? That's a great question. Z-Wave is a t- technology platform. It's a complete technology stack that is essentially focused on providing the technology to enable devices to communicate to each other for the smart home. That's the simple answer. It was developed by a company in Copenhagen called Zensis in, I want to say, 2003. The credo has been for complete interoperability to guarantee that devices with Z-Wave in it would work with other devices with Z-Wave as a platform. So it's totally focused on smart home. And um, as I say, it's a complete stack, sub gigahertz and and great, great product. So it's using this uh, ISM band that is unlicensed, uh, sub gigahertz. So that's kind of good propagation, I uh, I guess. Um, Yeah, and actually the uh, sub gigahertz is, designed to run pretty well between in uh, in and around and through building materials. So you can think in terms of like uh, uh, the old nanny cams, if you will, that or way back cordless phones, you know, how they would work anywhere within the house. It's because all of those devices have been sub gigahertz, as opposed to like Wi-Fi, where if you have experience with Wi-Fi, like in your home, you always find there are dead spots. Wi-Fi, there's certain areas in the home where it works very well, certain areas where it doesn't work very well. That's just laws of physics. The actual frequency itself in subgig is longer, therefore it will travel through building materials, whereas you know 2.4 gig where Wi-Fi is is a lot shorter and literally can get stuck, if you will, you know, in the building materials and not make it through to the other side of the home. So. Um, the Z-Wave is really, uh, just say from a technology perspective, better suited for home in-home use. And why why just focus on in-home? Why not to go broader to industrial? Yeah, and that's actually a great question too. And that was a question I asked when I got brought on board to uh, to head up the alliance. Um, so what has made Z-Wave successful is its focus, a razor sharp focus. So think that it was owned by a company called Sigma Designs that actually had acquired the technology from from Zensis. And Sigma Designs, a relatively small company with a small sales force, and to be able to bring it into success required razor-sharp focus. And as you know, with any different products, if you take a shotgun approach to sales, um, it's not necessarily the best way to build a brand and to build your pipeline. So literally it was a simple thing saying, you know what, let's stay razor focused. Let's make sure that we can get Z-Wave into the service providers and security. That was the focus. Uh, And it was adopted well by the security industry because the Z-Wave technology is well secured. Um, Yes, I'll make the statement. It has never been hacked outside of a lab. Uh, yeah, you can find flaws in it. And every time that, you know, we've had these white hat hackers say, hey, you know, if you get within, you know, 30 feet while a, t- while a product is being included into the system and you happen to be online at exactly that 
10 second moment, you can actually hack, again, in a perfect lab environment. But it's never been hacked before, and this is why the security industry adopted Z-Wave. And it's something like 90 to 95% of the monitored security panels uh, utilize Z-Wave because of that reason. And again, that was also razor sharp focused. This is best use case for Z-Wave, and it's been successful there. That doesn't mean that it's not good for other purposes, but that's really where the focus has been. And what are the typical devices that are being used in the home with uh, Z-Wave? If I decide, okay, I like the sound of this, um, what what devices am I going to find, uh, types and quantities and so forth? So another uh, very strong aspect of Z-Wave has been its efficiency with battery power. So uh, because of that, uh, it has been very uh, popular with door lock companies. So where will you find Z-Wave? You'll definitely find it in security panels, uh, whether it's a Vivint or an ADT. Uh, Honeywell's used them. Actually, Residio is actually the the brand. Qualsys, which was purchased by uh, Johnson Controls. So you'll find them in those in those security panels. Certainly find them in door locks. Uh, Asa Abloy's brands, uh, you know, like Yale, August, Quickset. Um, Schlage, all of the door lock companies and a bunch that are uh, perhaps more niche-oriented like Alfred and Cadus, every one of them have Z-Wave. Uh, sensors, again, because of the battery efficiency, the power efficiency, no one wants to go and replace your occupancy sensors or you know, things that you've placed up in a wall or hard-to-reach areas. So the battery life on a Z-Wave device is pretty darn good. And uh, thermostats, so essentially all of the devices that would really encompass what we now would call a smart home are, uh, you know, including Z-Wave in them. And how, how big is the Alliance? So Alliance is right around 250 member companies. I mean, obviously it fluctuates a bit. Um, about 250 companies that uh, have a little over 4,100 certified devices. Uh, of in the marketplace. Uh, that's wow. also, by the way, another strong aspect of Z-Wave is that to utilize uh, and use the IP license, if you will, requires the products to be certified for interoperability. And how is that done? How do you, there are labs, presumably, or uh, yes. that you go to? So what happens is a company wants to develop with Z-Wave, they will, they will join the alliance. As a member of the Alliance, you have access to the intellectual property. That's your license. You don't have to actually pay a per use license. You don't pay a per device license. It's just simply by being a member, you have access to the intellectual property. You buy the chip and you know you, you develop a product. Uh, once you're ready to put the product into the marketplace, you then would submit it to one of the test houses for certification. Uh, you cannot commercialize a product with Z-Wave unless it is certified. You can utilize the Z-Wave IP as a member and commercialize it without certification, but you cannot refer or utilize the branding for Z-Wave. So in other words, there are some companies that want to do what I guess we'd call uh, you know, walled garden uh, implementations where they don't want any other products in their system can still use the Z-Wave technology. They just cannot refer to it as Z-Wave. They can't call it Z-Wave. So no one would know. So 
I could set up Steve Wave if I wanted to. Uh, I, I would join. I would use the IP. No issues with uh, uh, patent infringement. I just um, uh, so so that's that that would be uh, an option. Yes. How much does it cost to join if I decide to get into the, uh, the this uh, uh, IoT business in the home and uh, I want to start using your uh, um, uh, technology? So there are there are obviously different membership levels depending on uh, how you're going to utilize the the IP. Uh, if you're going to utilize the IP and certify your product, uh, the the manufacturer level is ten thousand. Uh, per year. Mm -hmm. If you want to come in as a principal member and uh, get on the board and help to drive, you know, some of the technologies and uh, it's, I want to say, six, I believe 65,000 a year. Mm -hmm. um, you can come in as an affiliate member. So let's say that you're uh, having another company OEM the product for you and you just want to brand it. So you come in as a brander. Uh, I want to say it's about 1500 per year. Uh, you could come in at that level at 1500, do your Steve wave and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, have access to the IP and just not certify the product and just call it Steve wave. Mm -hmm. um, but bear in mind that your license is your membership. So you just maintain your membership and you're free to continue to utilize and sell the product into the marketplace. And my obligations there are just what, once the products are in the field, that's done. It's just I need to be a member whilst I'm correct. manufacturing and selling the, the, right. the product. That's how you maintain your license, correct. Very good. So um, where do I get the chips from? Uh, who, who makes uh, Z-Wave uh, ICs? So at this time, uh, Silicon Labs is the chip supplier. Uh, there are different versions of the chip, but right now you're buying them strictly from Silicon Labs. And this is actually uh, one of the reasons that uh, Silicon Labs, who uh, was up until 2020, was the sole owner of the Z-Wave technology and the Z-Wave Alliance, spun it off into an independent alliance. So as of 2020, I want to say it was August of 2020, the Z-Wave Alliance is completely independent. Uh, and as of, I want to say, mid-September... Uh, no, I'm sorry, mid-November. I'm sorry, getting my dates wrong. As of mid-November, uh, the actual source code is now available to members to be able to contribute, help to develop the source code, help to develop the software. And we also have proof of concept where the uh, whole Z-Wave stack has been ported to an independent third-party silicon. So we're in the process of securing additional uh, chip companies to provide chips. As of today, it's Silicon Labs. We certainly have expectations that in 2024, there'll be additional Silicon companies providing chips. Oh, that's super interesting. Um, so um, how does this stack up versus all of the other standards that we hear about? And, you know, so, so you work for Silicon Labs, but you're also leading the alliance. Are, are there other permanent employees that, or is it, how, how do you staff the alliance? Okay. So I am a volunteer executive director of the Z-Wave Alliance. Z-Wave does not pay my salary. Silicon okay. Labs does. So okay. my role at Silicon Labs, I am the director of alliances strategy. 
So mm-hmm. I have built a team under me at Silicon Labs, and we represent Silicon Labs in all of the alliances. So that would include CSA, which is Zigbee and Matter, uh, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, Thread, um, and a whole bunch of others that you may or may not have heard of, like Myoti, Wise, and um, anyway. So there's uh, quite a few few technologies. And the way we like to phrase it is the technology that's best fit for purpose is the best technology. Uh, And you indicated very early on, you said, well, why is Z-Wave not going into industrial? Well, it may not be the right technology. It may not be fit for purpose for that. For that, we may want to use, I don't know, we may want to use the WISE technology for that. Uh, We may find that Bluetooth is the best technology for something. So, you know, on Silicon Labs, we we do... um, we focus 100% of our energies on IoT. That's what we do. And we have pretty much all the technologies under our belt. And and so that gives you a great perspective to comment on the relative position of Z-Wave versus Zigbee and Thread. So can you, maybe for people that, we focus a lot on Bluetooth, but uh, um, uh, Matter is is in in the headlines a lot. So can you, Explain, can you compare and contrast, please, yeah. with, uh, with Matter, uh, Z-Wave, and Zigbee, and help us yeah, oh. uh, <laughs> apart all those things? I could spend hours on, on all of that. <laughs> all of that. Um, first of all, just, just to recall that uh, Z-Wave is all about interoperability, security, certification. There's only one version of Z-Wave. And it's fully backwards compatible. Compatible. So if you develop a product with the latest 800 series chip, you put it onto the marketplace. Someone installed the Z-Wave dimmer or switch 20 years ago. That they will still interoperate. They will continue to work together. Okay, and that that's a very important piece to understand. Uh, Zigbee has has had many different profiles. There's Zigbee Smart Energy, there's Zigbee Green. There's a lot of really good applications for different versions of Zigbee. But because of that, Zigbee isn't necessarily interoperable with Zigbee. You have to be careful and make sure that you've got the the appropriate um, version, if you will, or or profile of Zigbee. Now, the Zigbee uh, standard has moved towards this more standardized or interoperable, but there's no mandate for all the devices to be interoperable. Uh, also, that said, Zigbee operates at the 2.4 gigahertz range. Z-Wave operates at the sub-gig. Sub-gig uh, is becoming more and more interesting uh, to service providers and others because of, again, as we said earlier on, its ability to operate within a home or within a building. Uh, 2.4 is getting more and more crowded because you got Wi-Fi and more and more Wi-Fi devices, more and more Bluetooth devices, more and more Zigbee devices, if you will. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So that's one area. Uh, Zigbee has other benefits. Um, Zigbee is a really great use case for Zigbee has been in the smart bulbs, light bulbs, because it can handle the higher temperatures. And again, it's another uh, very good reason for why Zigbee has been used in uh, like the the, uh, Philips Hue bulbs, things like that. So why can Zigbee operate at higher temperatures that maybe Z-Wave is less suited to? It just happens to be that the way the technology has been designed, the way the chips have been designed. And that gets out of my technical capabilities to, right. to explain, right? Okay. But, um, so very useful to know. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So we, we're kind of getting there's different profiles yes. Uh, yes. With, uh, with Zigbee. Um, so you need to basically be more cognizant about kind of your hub and spoke and of, of what's talking to what. Um, what's the relationship with um, with um, matter uh, then? It's, okay, so a couple of years ago, um, the Zigbee Alliance rebranded themselves as the Connected Standards Alliance, Connectivity Standards Alliance. We're obviously members, we're on the board, we're, we're very much supportive of that initiative. And uh, they got together with companies like uh, Amazon, Apple, um, uh, Google, SmartThings, which is Samsung, and about 200, maybe 250 other companies that all said, you know what, why don't we all put our heads together and let's, let's really get together with a standard that everything will interoperate with each other because you know what, this smart home is fragmented. It's a huge uh, barrier to adoption. Uh, the consumers are frustrated. Service providers are frustrated. Everyone's frustrated. Um, so it, it was formed a group which they called Project CHIP which was called Connected Home over IP. And the idea was we're going to use the IP protocols to enable devices to communicate with each other. And we're going to come out with, a, with an application layer where all devices will interoperate. From a Z-Wave perspective, we went, yay, this is great news because now we're not the only ones saying interoperability is important. Uh, once the standard became very close to being released, they rebranded from Project Chip to Matter. So this is where, where that is. Uh, version 1.0 was released in November and products are rolling out now as we speak. Um, this is still based on the 2.4 gig. It's now Matter is strictly an application layer which is designed to run on top of Thread or Wi-Fi. It can run on top of either one of them. It is an IP-based protocol which is one of the strengths of, of Thread uh, and Wi-Fi. And the products are all designed to be interoperable, which again, we're, we're really happy about that. As a manufacturer, you're happy because you no longer have to worry about, you know, do I have to build a Zigbee version, a Z-Wave version, a Bluetooth version, a Wi-Fi version, you know, of the same lock. I can now build one version of my lock and have my R&D team be more innovative instead of building five versions of the same lock, right? So this becomes a huge benefit. 
But how do you deal with the propagation challenge that uh, Z-Wave solves? Well, this is, again, this is not what matters solve. This is one of the areas that Thread addresses and that Wi-Fi is addressing, which is, uh, I guess, a technology or a term that's being used called mesh, meaning that devices now can think of like cells, the way a cellular system operates, where you can literally hand off um, you know, the data moves from one device to another device to pass through to get to the end device. Mm -hmm. So Thread is a mesh network. Wi-Fi has mesh capabilities. And that's how that's how that's addressed. And it is certainly effective. Okay, so you go around the wall because everything's talking Correct. to everything and it's a multi-hop thing and you're not just re requiring line of sight. Right, and the theory behind the mesh is the more devices you put in the system, the stronger the mesh becomes. Z-Wave is a mesh system. Zigbee is a mesh system. Thread is a mesh system. Uh, it's all about how it's implemented in terms of uh, how, how well it will actually propagate within the home. Um, okay, so, so they all have a mesh uh, component. Right. Even Bluetooth has a uh, mesh Correct. component. Well, they're, so I thought... yes, they're working on it. Yes, <laughs> correct. Okay, well, uh, I refer people to the Mr. Beacon uh, interview with the Bluetooth mesh Perfect. people if they want to get into, into that. But um, uh, isn't there a connection between matter and Bluetooth? So, yes, there is. Um, Bluetooth is being utilized essentially just for, uh, oh, God, what's the term? What is the term they use? Basically, for, for uh, it, the Z-Wave term is including. Just to add a device to the system, uh, Bluetooth is being used because you got that on your phone. You yes. wouldn't have thread on your phone, but you'd be able right. to include a device utilizing Bluetooth. So, yes, Bluetooth plays an important role uh, at that point uh, within the Matter ecosystem. Correct. And so Thread existed before um, uh, Matter. Um, t t can you just kind of package that up a little bit more? What was the history of Thread? And Because uh, you support Thread uh, yes. to Silicon Valley, right? Yeah. We do. So Thread was developed to be a network layer and a physical layer to be able for devices to, to send and receive and to connect over IP. And it was open in terms of you could put whatever application layer you want on top of it. Um, because it wasn't a full stack like Z-Wave is, like Zigbee is, you know, which uh, essentially runs everywhere from the FI to the network all the way up to the application layer. Because it was only just a network layer, um, let's just say the adoption for Thread was, was not as widespread as was accept as was expected. Okay, and that's two point four gigs uh, technology, right? Right, that's right. Okay. So um, when Matter came along, the uh, the whole point for Matter is to be over IP. Thread became an ideal uh, network layer. So that that's essentially has kind of breathed a bit of new life into Thread and made it mm -hmm. even that much more relevant. So Thread's become a very important uh, technology for for smart home. And of the name brand uh, smart home appliances, um, the um, the Google uh, devices, thermostats, and so forth, which ones are using which technology? Just so we can, if we're trying to make sense of this landscape, we've covered a lot of protocols. <sighs> Heads are probably spinning. So, uh, which who's using what at the moment, and where do you think it's going to go? 
You know, the, the, the whole idea was to make things simple, and I will have to acknowledge it hasn't done that. <laughs> um, thread is really ideal for battery devices. Uh, sensors, again, sensors, door locks, whatever. I mean, anything that's going to be a wireless device. Thread is really perfect for that. You don't have thread on your phone. Uh, matter is perfect for interoperability. Wi-Fi is perfect for high bandwidth, you know, for streaming. Uh, if you're going to power up a device, you know, you have Wi-Fi on your phone. You can have native uh, applications that will run right off your phone. There's a lot of great use cases for Wi-Fi as well. So if you go out and you buy a thread thingy and a Wi-Fi thingy and they're both matter, guess what? Matter doesn't talk to Wi-Fi. Oh, so what does that mean? Well, it means you're going to need to have a thread border router. Well, what's a border router? Border router is a thingy that lets a thread device talk to a Wi-Fi device. Okay, so what do you need to know in order to bring that in? Not much. You just need to know you need one. Uh, well, what is a border router? Well, hopefully, uh, it's just your Google smart speaker, your Amazon smart speaker. Has it built in? As a consumer, you don't even know you needed one because you already have one automatically. At least that's yeah. the goal. So you don't have to yeah. know you need one. It just exists. That at least, at least that's the plan. Let's get there, right? But okay. you need to know you need one. And, 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 and I need for Z-Wave, so I have a Yale, uh, some Yale smart locks. I, I love them. I can use my watch to get in and out yeah. of my workshop that has that and in through oh. the back door. So, but I had to have a little extra block gizmo and presumably that's the Z-Wave equivalent of, of that thing yeah. that you just described. So, yeah. So, uh, for Matter to be successful, you can't assume hundreds of millions of devices in the field will be replaced. And you can't assume that they're just going to go dark either. So you've got hundreds of millions of Z-Way devices and Zigbee devices already out in the field. Uh, what are you going to do about those? Well, in developing Matter, that is was obviously a very serious consideration that for Matter to be successful, it would have to be interoperable with the existing technologies as well. So hooks have been built into the matter specification, and that enables bridges. So, <laughs> so again, it does it get a little com uh, confusing? Yes, it does. But once things get all wrapped up, and I'll say it's probably another year, maybe two years, but you'll see bridges built into things just like you have with thread border routers. So you'll have a Z-Wave bridge. And essentially, what is a Z-Wave bridge? Or uh, essentially enables a Z-Wave device to look like a Matter device. So your normal Matter controller will control your Z-Wave device. Silicon Labs has what we're calling a Unify SDK, which is designed to be a piece of software designed to go into any hub, any router. Um, and that will enable Z-Wave initially, and it's already ready in alpha version now, it enables Z-Wave and Zigbee devices to interoperate with Matter. So that, that solution it was acknowledged from day one that it was necessary uh, in, order to, in order to really drive adoption of the smart home. 
Excellent. Well, I think you've got us to a point where we can sound like we know what we're talking about. We can um, uh, at least uh, go through some of the, 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 the key strengths of those protocols. I want to just take a, a few minutes, five minutes, and just talk a bit about Silicon Labs um, as we're in the industry and we're trying to figure out these different players and where they sit. What's the what's the history of Silicon Labs and where is the where is the focus? You make chips uh, in a lot of IoT uh, devices. Um, what's the what's the story there? Yeah, I won't bore you with all the long history. Um, uh, it, it company was formed and headquarters are in Austin, Texas. Uh, Silicon Labs. Uh, I want to say in July of 2021. One, I believe, um, spun off roughly almost half the company. So we sold off our automotive and uh, uh, industrial um, businesses and only kept IoT. That's it. We are 100% IoT. So we are the only IoT-focused company. We build wireless and some, you know, obviously MCU-based chips that are for the industrial, smart city, uh, commercial, smart home, uh, portable, you know, we'll make devices for things like uh, uh, continuous glucose monitors, smart watches, as well as, of course, all the smart home devices. Um, that's who Silicon Labs is, 100% focused on IoT. And we've got uh, offices all around the world. And we're... I want to say in 2022, we essentially have ex exceeded the revenue that we had pre-divestiture. Uh, so doing pretty well. Focus uh, certainly helps. It's, uh, it's great. It does. And again, it's a public company, so I haven't released any info that you couldn't find yourself. Uh, SLAB, I believe, is the, uh, the uh, NASDAQ well, Mitch, thanks for guiding us through all of this. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've really enjoyed that. And uh, you've got some very interesting musical instruments behind you. Yes. Um, uh, uh, we have a traditional warm-up question, which is three favorite songs. I imagine you've got some songs in your head, but maybe too many. I don't know. Yeah, the songs are constantly changing. It's like, oh, what's your favorite song? It's like, well, you mean today, right? Yes. Uh, I, think, I think to say what my favorite songs of all time are, that I could not answer that question. I really could And I think the, the question's really designed yeah. as a way of mm -hmm. getting to know the person. So it's right. actually less about what the best song in the world is, but three songs that mean something to you based on parts of your life. Right. Maybe that's a better way of framing it. Yeah, and I think I, I, can, I can probably go, go with that. But what's, what's um, very interesting is as a... I think of myself as a musician. I'm not a professional, but um, even way back in high school, I would write arrangements. So to me, it was always about the music and the lyrics was just another instrument. So to me, I was not really tied in to the poetic aspects of the lyrics. And I was always driven by the arrangements and the music. And so some songs that many people would love I, would have no interest to me because the music was boring. And, and so to me, someone like, uh, like, like a Randy Newman is just amazing because his arrangements are just so creative. Uh, um, anything by Steely Dan just is just 
miracle because the 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 music is incredible the lyrics are mysterious of course um so with that in mind i can tell you that lately the music that has always driven me uh, homeward bound comes to mind as one of my favorites because i travel a lot and simon and garfunkel I, i mean again you think of them as a as a folk duo and they are but they're really storytellers. And again, so for someone that's not into lyrics, I love their lyrics, right? Because they tell great stories, but the arrangements are wonderful. And Homeward Bound hits a note because as much as I travel, I love coming home. I can't wait to come home. And I'm, uh, I'm with you there. You know, yeah. I love Paul yeah. Simon, saw him live. Um, one. Yeah. I don't know if you're an aficionado then. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen One Trick Pony, his movie? It's an album and it's also a yep. movie. Long ago, I yeah. Love, I love both of them. I, love both I of could them. even take that up a level. And long ago, he had a, a musical on Broadway. I think it was called Cape Man or something like that. And uh, my wife and I and my sister and her husband went to that. And it turned out it was actually a New Year's Eve at the Marquee Theater. And, uh, of course, when we got out, we didn't realize we were right there in the middle of Times Square. But uh, actually, the musical was terrible. <laughs> I think it, it had like a one-week run. It was done. But anyway, but I digress. That's a bit of history, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, actually, it doesn't make many duds. And uh, but, No, uh, the yeah. music is awesome. Another one that um, I've been playing in a band now, kind of an interest industry band, where we basically uh, – uh, exchange song sets. We learn our parts. We practice once when we get together and then we play at an industry event. And one that really has been driving home for me is a song called Let It Roll, which is by Little Feet, another band that I am a big fan of, because Little Feet also does this wonderful work with different instruments and wonderful arrangements. And, and Let It Roll is really up-tempo, upbeat, a high-energy song, positive, and some great brass in it, and wonderful bass line. And I'm a bass player, so I kind of you know, wow. like the fact that the, the, the bass lines up with the brass and everything. So that's uh, something, too, that takes my mind off of all the stresses from work and just gets me really mm-hmm. locked in on the music, which is really kind of fun. Very cool. And yeah. what's your third? And then again, anything by Steely Dan. And, uh, you know, you could pick it just about anything and even some of uh, Donald Fagan's solo stuff or Walter Becker's solo stuff. But uh, what's also been hitting a nerve lately, uh, again, with all of this craziness going on with mass shootings and stuff like that, they have this song um, called With a Gun off a Pretzel Logic album, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, It's called With a Gun and there's this one line in there that just rings a bell and it's, it's uh, if I remember correctly, it's with a gun, you will be what you are just the same. And to me, that's just really kind of hits a point. It's like, you know, the gun doesn't make you anything, doesn't make you bigger, doesn't make you stronger, doesn't solve your problems. You're still going to be who you are. And there's so yeah. much of that going on and in the news and you can apply that anywhere. And so anyway, right now, I guess those are the three that are top of mind. Uh, ask me again in six months, I'll have three more. <laughs> different ones. Yeah, marvelous. Yeah. Great yeah. choices. I love Stevie mm. Dan. Love that album cover on Pretzel Logic. There's something oh, about yes. it. It's so atmospheric. It captures New York in a certain time. And, Where I uh, grew up. That's right. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. Well, Mitch, yeah. thanks so much for uh, ending this with that uh, that personal touch. I really enjoyed uh, listening to, to to your account of those three sure. songs. Thank you, Steve. It's a really pleasure to be here, and I'm hoping to get a lot smarter about what you guys are working on uh, with Ambient IoT. Excellent. Really appreciate it. So that was Mitch, a great guy. Really enjoyed the conversation. Um, on the inside of a lot of the happenings that are driving the standards uh, that make IoT possible. Hope you found it interesting and uh, thanks for listening to the end. And do help us by uh, giving us feedback, uh, review us, tell your friends, and uh, most important, um, tune in next time. Uh, We we appreciate your, your time with us. All the best. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.